Hello, and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. My name is Eric Lefebvre. And I am Jessica Tercero. And before we say what we got into this week, this is our one year episode. Ooh, one so year cute. of nostalgia. We have been doing this for a whole year. That's wild. Entire year. This is the paper anniversary. Oh, I can send oh. you a letter. Oh, that'd be so cute. Send me a letter. Do it. I will send you a letter. If if you have been listening to us for this whole year, we love you so much. And if you want a handwritten letter from either one of us, give us your address. We will send you something. Yeah. Let's keep the post office alive. <laughs> All I'll send <laughs> is going to be a letter. It's like a huge piece of paper. And then in the smallest font I can muster, it's going to be THX. Thanks. Ooh, that's good. That's it. It's like the most passive aggressive little post. But yes, <laughs> it's uh been one year. Um we've done this is episode what, twenty seven? Twenty six. Twenty six. But we took a month off um in June. Oh, we did. That is true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um well yeah. So if you're listening, thank you for listening this whole time. This is so cute. Um I'm gonna go ahead and say what my favorite episode was. My favorite episode was Blade Runner, because I sounded smart. <laughs> What was your favorite episode, Jess? <laughs> oh, that was a good one. You know, okay, wait, hold on. Let's see. What have we covered so far? We've covered uh, Beauty and the Beast last episode, right? We covered... We, d- we did Grinch. We, we did, did Ghostbusters. Rocco. Ghostbusters. We did... Mummy. Um, Tron. Karate Kid. Karate Kid. The Wizard Kid. of Oz. Mary Oceans, Poppins. Annie. Annie, let the right, let the one, right in. one in. A star is born. We said born. that at the same Romeo time. Romeo Juliet. Oh my God, we're like on the same wavelength. I love this. Wow, look at us. It's like we've been doing a podcast for a whole year together or something. I know. I love it. <laughs> you guys, happy one year anniversary. Happy one okay, year. so truly, uh, I know when we were talking about what episode we were going to do for like the one year, I had initially said the ring. But then we vetoed it. But we had talked oh, I, about it. We can say that I vetoed it because the, I'm a scaredy pants and well, my poor little heart can't take it right now. There's already so much scary stuff in the world. I need a break. Because <laughs> I was thinking like how cute like anniversary, a ring, the ring. It's October. Let's go. Anyways, we're not we'll doing do the ring, but day. I watched it. <laughs> we'll do it one day. You'll get our take. But that it was a very cute yeah. idea. And I was just like. I can't right now. So instead, yeah. we decided to do Frankenweenie. <laughs> Frankenweenie! <laughs> which, so which is very cute, and I'm very happy we did it. I think it's a very fun story. I like. I love the short film. Also, talk about an all-star cast. Uh, yeah. Excuse me, Shelley Duvall, go all the way off. And then mm-hmm. his dad, I don't have the actor's name, but one of the sticky bandits from Home Alone... Okay, crazy. And then the kid from Neverending Story, Atreyu screaming. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah, that was the lead. The kid who played Victor in this one was, yeah, so that was just the family. I was like, this is, what an all-star cast for a short film. Also, the new one, too, has an all-star cast, too. Yes. Like, Winona Uh, Ryder again. And, like, it was, like, the first movie that fucking Tim Burton has not done with Johnny Depp and... What's what's her name? The person. Oh, Helena Bonham Carter. It's the first film that he hasn't done with them in like twenty years. <laughs> with either true. one of yeah. them. I um, thought you were gonna say without um, uh, what's his name? 
Oingo Boingo, Danny Elfman. That dude too. <laughs> I was like, they, they will die together. He will compose every single one of his films. But Frankie Weenie's super cute. And um, it's a fun little story. It's also October. Uh, get into it. It's uh, Halloween time. It's Halloween time. Oh my and gosh. we're trying to, I don't know, like trick-or-treating's canceled, which obviously stay home. Do not touch yes, bowls of candy go. with all that stuff. But it's still going to be cute. It's still going to be fun. I love October because it's also my birthday month. So like, I don't know if you want to just like Venmo me actual cash. Uh, my Venmo handle is E Lafebre, E-L-A-F-E-B-R-E. <laughs> um, happy fucking birthday to me. Send me cash. Wait, tell, no, tell everybody kidding. what day your birthday is. <laughs> Look it up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's the 19th. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be great. And I'm really excited. I'm turning 46. It's really exciting. That's so good. <laughs> JK, I'm 28. I'm turning 28. It's going to be so cool. Um, we did Frank and Weenie, and it's very cute. And it's one year. I'm really excited. This is really cool. And there's so much... Well, there's not really a lot a lot to talk about, but I'm excited to talk about this because it's cute. I feel like after doing this for a whole year, I'm like, one, I love doing this. And um, yes. it's, you know, like we've come a long way since uh, The Mummy and The Wolfman, right? Um, oh, my God. Those were our first two. I know. Those are our first two. Um, but when we didn't even like really have a format, I guess. But yeah, we've. We've come a long way. Uh, this is super great and super fun. It's it's also interesting to see like all the patterns that emerge like from remaking movies and like oh yeah then like realizing oh yeah there are choices and like I I feel like I have a greater appreciation for like before it's like oh god people are are remaking this and I still have that reaction sometimes but like now I realize like they have an opportunity to get shit right here or to like yeah. do stuff that's like really cool. So I'm like, I also like when Hollywood announces that there's like another remake happening, I'm like, you listen to my podcast. You love this. You want us to just have more stuff yeah. to talk about. Thank you. We love you too. You're, you're doing this for us. We are the center of your universe. Hollywood runs around nostalgia in the same way that America runs on Duncan. So it's just the way it goes. And truly, I thought that doing this podcast was going to make me uh, more skeptical and like, <laughs> I don't mean this in the way that I'm saying it. I didn't think that this podcast was going to make me a shitty viewer, but I thought it was going to make it hard for me to like, or just be like, oh, this movie's bad, whatever. But really it's done the opposite where like, even though yes, generally a lot of these movies and themes are bad and poorly told and just racist and trash in a lot of ways i'm still very excited to watch them and to see people's takes like even if it's something that i know is going to be bad i'm still excited to look at it and form an opinion around having seen it as opposed to forming an opinion based on nothing on what what i've heard from people it's it's made me excited to like watch movies in a way that i wasn't expecting you know what i mean it's also made me like excited to like look deeper at things too and like be excited for the opportunity that these types of remakes or or things like have um whereas before i was just like ah fuck this everything sucks because yeah you know but like actually watching stuff and being like okay like yes footloose trash the the new one was was super super trash but it's so fun seeing what went wrong and being like oh this is 
this could have been really awesome and here's why. And if I had more time, y'all, I would be writing more fan fiction. I would be re, I would have my own script specs for like the, the real, uh, version, new version of, fuck, I don't know. Um, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I would. Uh, well, let's actually get a feminist princess. <laughs> yeah, like like that's. I was gonna say it's also made me want to write more. And so in this time that I've like been unemployed, I like I submitted to a writing program and I'm like writing yeah. specs again. And I wrote a pilot that I'm really excited about and like developing this little series. It just it's got me excited about the idea of storytelling. Like I'd once been excited about it. I'm again excited about it in the same way and so i feel like a lot of that i owe to this podcast because i mean it really it makes you look at story and the way it's told and everything's a choice and it's like yeah like let me try like i want to i want to do that again like i remember writing silly sketches and like bad pilots like terrible terrible shows (laughs) (laughs) but um not like terrible content wise but just like poorly written like (laughs) they're not great so i'm like oh maybe like really i don't know just spend some time doing it and failing and getting better and it's gotten me excited again so thank you for doing this it's so cool it's also kind of fun because i feel like i'm reconnecting with myself in like a way or another because like we're looking at a lot of these properties that we grew up with or that you yeah. know were you know like i was like oh i really love this and like so seeing something and rather than just being like yes i like this and actually like looking at it and being able to say i like this i don't like this so i feel like i'm more grounded in myself and in my beliefs and my values and what makes me who i am so yeah yeah. Yeah, this is great. I love this. this and is, thank you for doing I love this, this with too. me. And thank, thank you, you this for listening. So fun. <laughs> yeah. If you've been here any amount of time listening to our voices for even a couple minutes, thank you. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening and thank you for going on this journey with us. And thank you for agreeing and disagreeing with everything we have to say or being completely neutral and not giving a shit about anything we have to say. (laughs) So all opinions in that way are valid and we appreciate you nonetheless all the time because without you, we'd be screaming into a void. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, we wouldn't. We would be having a conversation, which is what this is, which at the end of the day, like it's still very appreciated. And it's just, I mean, this... It's it's for people listening as much as it is for us, you know? Truly, 100%. Like, it is a gift for sure, and you're also welcome, audience, but <laughs> it's a nice little treat for us to do as well, and I feel like I'm just like a better person for it. Same. Super, super same. <sighs> if there's... Let's do an, yeah, let's... Let's, let's do another let's year. Dive in. Let's do it. Let's oh, dive, I was going to say, let's, let's, dive let's do another year. Let's do another year. If you have, I mean, we say this at the end of every podcast, but if you have like ideas or a favorite episode or if you want to talk about something or hell, be be a guest, I don't know. We want your feedback. Let us know what you think. Let us know if we're doing a good job and all of the stuff, you know, at our email, nostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. Also, if you're famous in any way, um, please reach out. (laughs) (laughs) that's the end of that there's no reason otherwise um but you know just like hit us up if you're even low-key famous uh in any way um let's do this episode 
Okay, Frank and Weenie, <laughs> here we go. Boop. In Samesville, Samestown, USA, Victor Frankenstein, a young filmmaker, lives with his beloved dog, Sparky. One day while playing fetch, Sparky chases the ball into the street and gets killed by a car. A truly sad day in the neighborhood. The next day in science class, Victor learns about reanimating corpses with electricity from his totally chill, not creepy at all science teacher. After a brief grave robbery and some lightning, zombie Sparky is back. However, big however, after a series of misinterpreted zombie dog attacks, the neighbors chase Sparky into a mini golf course. Is that a windmill like the original Frankenstein? Yes. Did it catch fire? Yes. Did Sparky die again only to come back to life again? Yes. Did they live happily ever after? Absolutely. 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 <laughs> so this is a short film from 1984 written and directed by Tim Burton. Yes. Also, he had a budget for a short film, right? So this movie was $1 million, I believe, back in yeah. 1984, money, uh, currency times. And <laughs> apparently, I read that this got, I didn't realize he ever worked for Disney. I didn't realize that this was Disney, like, when because I watched the shit out of this as a kid. But mm. um, apparently, he worked for Disney, did this, and was fired for quote, wasting their resources on films like this, uh, which they deemed too scary for viewing because they apparently had like some test audiences, like some children test audiences, and they were like, wow, this is too scary. And so they were like, you get the boot. And then he did Nightmare Before Christmas and they're like, actually, um, we want to hook up again. Can we? Um, can we? Is it okay? Well and then... <laughs> we, Eric and I were just talking about this before. He didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas. Henry Selick directed Nightmare Before Christmas. What the it's, fuck? It's Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas because he developed the characters. Like, So he developed the ideas while at Disney. And when they created the movie, they had <sighs> to credit him because it was... IP of the Disney company. Oh my fucking god! That's why there's that clause. So like yeah. when you work when you work for Disney, it's like any ideas yeah. that you come up with, even as like just a cast member that's like uh, a fucking janitor. Whatever ideas that you have belong to them. They own it. Um, so wow, I had yeah. no fucking idea. So, it, so it's Holy technically shit. Tim. It's technically Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, but it was not directed by Tim Burton. Henry Selick is the director of that movie. Fuck me. Oh my Isn't God. That fun? That's so wild. I know. It seems very like Disney was like, fuck you. And he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> but we're still going to take all your ideas. Thanks. Yeah. But I mean, going straight into like the cast, I know I'd said those two actors whose names I don't know. Barrett Oliver is the actor who was in Never Ending Story who plays Victor in this. He was <laughs> like the lead in Never Ending Story. So, okay, A list celeb. We Stanley, right? Uh, Shelley Duvall, also. That's it. Why? Holy shit! That's cool. Like, okay, like one of the biggest names in horror film cinema. Like, I don't know. I feel like Shelley Duvall's like horror royalty just because of The Shining, right? Oh, so for like sure, for sure. having her in this was like that's sick. And then Daniel Stern from Home Alone, mm -hmm. famous mm -hmm. tall sticky bandit. 
yeah, it was just it's just crazy to me that like because I remember watching this as a kid on the Nightmare Before Christmas DVD special feature. What's up? This and his short film. Um, what was it? Vincent Price. It was a, a short animated film about Vincent Price or a young boy who wanted to be like Vincent Price. I mean, it's all autobiographical because <laughs> he's just a sad goth <laughs> in every way. Um, but yeah, the budget was huge for a film that was this short. And I don't know. I, I'm just so surprised. They didn't even like release it originally. Like they did the test no. audiences and they were like, nope. And then like later on, they released it. But the edited version, and so I didn't realize that as a child, I watched the edited version because I had the the VHS of this, like of just Frank and Weenie, and I remember just like watching the shit out of this. Yeah, and and yeah, I didn't even realize that it was on the Nightmare Before Christmas special DVD, whatever bullshit. But um, <laughs> that that's the unedited version. So I don't know. Like this whole thing is weird, and I don't know. It's it's weird, but. I really liked this, like, despite some of the shitty things about it. Like, I I really did like this movie. So, Same. I, I mean, it's fun. There's, like, it's a very simple story. There's not a lot to it. I liked some of the cutesy shit. Like, when he's looking out the window after his dog dies and it's raining, but then it, like, trucks back and it's <laughs> Shelley Duvall watering the plants, but there's, like, She's water like getting on the, the window. window. Yeah. Yeah. But like super cute. And the fact that like when they chase. The tombstones were cute. The tombstones were so cute. Yeah. And the fact that like when they chase him into the mini golf course, it's at the windmill of one of the holes of the mini golf course. And it's like, this is so cute. It's very cute. Yeah. I don't want to keep saying that word because I feel like it's loaded. Like it's cute. Okay. It's cute. Well, Um, but it was, it's very cute. (laughs) It's. It's also like Disney's attempt to like do something that's maybe a little bit more risque um, for them, at, especially at the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so keeping that in mind, this is like Disney's version of scary, right? Before like Disney Channel had all of their shit, right? <laughs> Before they had Don't Look Under the Bed, which is horrifying. Jesus. I've never seen that. I don't know what that is. It's it's a decom about the boogeyman. Oh, sorry, boogie person. <laughs> because let's be oh my god yeah they were doing they them a while back um really but well i mean ish there's a whole like the whole thing is it's like the boogie man but Mm -hmm. uh one of the boogie people uh i think identifies as she her so they keep correcting the people and like it's the boogie man it's like it's actually the boogie person and it's like that's 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 a part of the bit that i think is really fun funny but it actually was terrifying the whatever it was really scary as a kid anyways (laughs) this is not like this is cute scary right like i love the idea of him sewing his dog well also when the dog dies um when sparky gets hit by a car it's so fucking sad again like i said up top anything with like a (laughs) you killing an animal or an animal getting hurt i'm like fuck you get out of here no this is the saddest scariest thing i've ever seen i don't care leave me alone i was like sitting watching both of these with my dog lucy and i was just like lucy i love you so much I hate this. yeah but i like when he sews his dog back together and then reanimates his corpse because we love and then uh sparky goes to drink some water and like the bit is he's leaking because he's sewn yeah. back together and the water's just like coming out of him and he's like chasing in the water i was like this is 
really fucking cute. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the the comedy and the humor and like the the timing of the jokes and everything was just so so well done and so I don't know. I watched this and I was like, "Oh yeah, he is good at making stuff." <laughs> like or was good at making stuff. Like I like a lot of Tim Burton's earlier works as opposed to whatever the fuck he's doing now. Um yeah. Uh, which I mean, we already we watched his second attempt at Frank and Weenie. <laughs> yes. So, um, but yeah, like this was just it was just really charming. Um, I think it was, is, and yeah, like seeing any animal get hurt, it was just like devastating. And so, like I'm sitting here with my cats watching that, watching it. I'm like, oh, baby, yeah. like yeah. oh my god. And so, of course, like everybody already can sympathize with why he needs to bring his dog back. Right. Because like it was an accident because, you know, and his like his parents aren't really there. Right. Like, I mean, they're there, but they're not really like paying attention to him. I don't know. Like, so the mom is all like, oh, well, he's taking it well, like on the phone sitting there. And then meanwhile, he has hella books about reanimating corpses and about like death and stuff like that. And I'm like, you never go into your son's room. You never talk to your son. And then she's <laughs> like, and this movie went out of its way specifically with the mom to make her look like she was inattentive to his physical and emotional needs because yeah. there's that, right? And then she does stuff like she gets out of the car, you know, with the dad. And she's like, oh, I'm so tired, you know, like, okay, like, what the fuck have you done? And then yeah. she like, when she's she's on the phone, she's like saying like, oh, yeah, I'm making your favorite like chicken or whatever. And she's like, wait, I thought your favorite was this. And he's like, no, it's great. It's fine. It's whatever. And she doesn't even pay attention to that. But then the dad later on goes and says like when the kid is feeling sick because he wants to stay home with his pet, right? His his newly reanimated Sparky. The dad automatically <laughs> blames mom's cooking. And he's just like, it's because you cooked. It's because you made chicken and you made him sick, you know? And I was yeah. like, oh, cool. Great that this actor is playing this woman who literally doesn't do anything except sit and complain and be bad at everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also interesting watching because I know that Tim Burton really likes to do that homogenized suburb trope and like the one really, really stark outlier character so he's doing the same thing in here obviously this was like before edward scissorhands and all those other shit but like mm-hmm. trying to drop in a like a catalyzing character into a sort of leave it to beaver type narrative and situation mm-hmm. but i think by like adding these weird not weird overtly massage like this obviously like misogynist shitty dad and this very like kind of blatantly written as kind of airheaded person as the mom he's trying to emphasize the severity of these characters outside of the context of what would be expected in an environment like that right yes. i feel like i may- maybe that's giving too much credit but like i feel like that's the whole that that's that's the vibe that i got with these like shitty parents kind of was everything's good and perfect and pretty but then like you get these moments of like oh he hates this person or like they don't mm-hmm. like each other or like she this mom is kind of shitty to her kid you know what i mean yeah like it's it's not glorifying any of these characters except for victor and sparky yeah right and everybody else in this universe is a shitbag 
Kind of, <laughs> <you> yeah. <know? laughs> like, like the shitty neighbors. Like, yeah, even like the one time we see like the little girl who lives next door or whatever, she's playing with her Barbie and she's working out with her Barbie in the most like quintessential like 80s workout attire, right? <laughs> and she goes to her dad and says like, dad, this happened and somebody was spying or something was there. And his first reaction is maybe you imagined it, right? Yeah. Like, Again, showing how dismissive everybody is, not just of each other, but like especially of women. But uh, it's like, like everybody sucks. Like, like dismissive. So like men are dismissive of women in general, and then adults are dismissive of children also in general in that way. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 very much trying to to, to um, I guess position that narrative of like kids. I like like the kids are the heroes. So for like. To me, it's also difficult because I know that Burton's a big old boomer to like. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really don't know what I was going to say. I think I just wanted to say that Tim Burton's a boomer. <laughs> yes. Very much. Um, what, what was I going to say? Shit. What was I going to say? What was I going to say? Um, While you think about that. Um, so on the topic of adults not paying attention to children or like being aloof or being whatever. It's also like adults don't ask questions like they just want to be nosy and come to their own conclusions right so like that's why the whole plot even happens like you know with sparky dying for the second time is because everybody just comes to all of their conclusions even when they are specifically told no this is what's happening they you know they have it in their head that something else is what's going on yeah they have they 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 think that their version of things is the true and absolute fact of the matter when in fact it's it's a partial truth, but they've kind of filled in the gaps with their own biases, and that's what's creating the tension and sort of fueling the mob mentality of everything, right? Like when mm-hmm. we get to that apex scene where like all of these people think what they've seen is this exact and specific thing, and when they come together in their living room and it's like, oh, we're going to bring out the dog and like we're going to show you that he's great and it's not a mess. What makes Sparky go after them is the lady just screaming and like mm-hmm. raising the tension. And then he's like, oh shit, I'm going to jump. And then they're all like trampling around him. And they're like, this dog's a monster. And it's like, calm down. And then they you... chase him into the fucking uh, windmill and decide that they are going to burn the windmill with the dog and the boy in it. Like, well, the that guy, is, so like... watching that moment, I think what the, he tried to do was like one of the guys had a Zippo lighter. And he's trying to like see where he's going with his Zippo lighter. And then he slips and is like, oh, whoops. And then like taps the Zippo to the windmill and then it catches fire. I think it's supposed to be an accidental thing. That's what I got from the guy like with his Zippo. I don't think it was like in the second one, it's different. And the second one, it's like, oh, we're lighting this shit on fire. Or sorry, in the remake, it was it was very much that. But in this one, I'm almost certain that the guy just had like a little lighter and then he slips and is like, "Oh, oh, no. Um, which to me, I'm kind of like, oh, that's fun. That's weird. That's yeah, funny. I thought, I thought it was intentional. I thought it was just like, we're going to, I thought it was a kill the beast kind of moment. Kill the well, beast, yeah. right? Um, yeah. So like, great, we're going to kill this dog and the boy. Like, you know, just because like that mob mentality takes over. And I like this whole piece was like, like you said, just kind of like a commentary on just shitty white suburban America. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And just how the the dynamic that has to exist for peace to or like for harmony i guess where like you know the adults <laughs> want 
they don't want to pay attention, but when they do see something, they they just want to come to their own conclusions and talk about stuff. In the same way, like the the kid, uh, Victor uses that to his advantage, where he's like, when the neighbor sees him taking stuff out of the garage, right? He's like, oh no, it's for my dad, right? Like he, his first instinct is to lie about it, lie and lie to an extent to where it's like. Yeah, but you don't want to ask him. Do you want to ask him? You know, because yeah. are you going to question the authority of my father? You know, like, and he's like, oh, well, no, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, then he's like, oh, I forgot my lunch. Before anybody can say anything or question him ever, he has to have an excuse ready and he has to have an excuse that is going to be believable and unquestioned. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. I do like that he uses that that understanding of his neighbors and of adults in general in this world to his advantage. I thought that was fun. Yeah. It's just cute. Um, I, I don't have a lot for this. I think I just have what a good boy Sparky was and... That's all I got, yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I have... I mean, Sparky was great and also Girl Dog was also great. Uh, so this that ties was really me into... Cute. It was super cute. It is one of those things for me that like is always... It's like such a simple a heteronormative uh, story device just to like whatever the hero of the story is has to have because oftentimes the hero is a man has to have a female love interest romantic mm-hmm. counterpart. And it's like that's boring and just like blah in general. But like what's even more boring and blah about it is when it's not a person and it's a pet so there's like has to be the girl dog there has to be it's like if there's a boy dog who's kind of cute there has to be an equally cute girl dog because they're in a romantic relationship together the dogs are and you're like we oh cool great and you don't see that at all right you just see like the two dogs together and you're automatically like they're fucking (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're boyfriend girlfriend it's like we need to stop and it like in this one it was cute because it like i mean big air quotes cute because it's like the not a bride of Frankenstein and like he like gives a little kissy and then she gets zapped and it's like, oh no, I have the big hair because I'm a super cute poodle, poodle. a poodle. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. What did I just say? A poodle. I'm a little poodle. Um, yeah. And it gets, it's just whatever. It's just like such a silly thing. I think it's just, I mean, I'm not going to be like, ew, gross. Cause I don't think it's like, that's even a part of it. I just think it's such a boring, like, it's just a boring thing. And so to me, it was like, yeah, the hair reveal we love, very cute. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, cool. Sparky got a girlfriend and like that was necessary for the story. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. That was so fun for me. <laughs> well, and I think like, so this one to me, like the first one, did not feel at all or it I mean, okay, certain parts of it, like yes, okay, our callbacks or whatever. But that's one that was I was just kind of like, okay, cool, I'll let it happen. This one. Whereas when we talk about the next one, um, what was it that we said in the last uh in the last episode? In an attempt to add nuance, they just added noise. They oh, added yeah. nothing but noise and yeah. heteronormative noise. Right? Yeah. And racist noise and all of this stuff. So to me, watching this, it was like a cute little time capsule, nothing to be taken seriously, just like a comment on suburban America and a boy that wants his dog back. And there wasn't really any character development. There wasn't really... It was more of a commentary 
on the way things are, there was no growth. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do a quick shout out to Shelley Duvall's acting in the car when they're trying to bring Sparky back to life for the second time. Um, <laughs> Just go off. Like, we love it. Like, what a fun moment. Because, okay, I'm kind of being a little facetious, and I'm really sorry, because I think Shelley Duvall is great. Um, there is a moment she's like kind of doing that like a little wide eyed kind of like open mouth like revving the engine like it, it's sort of like implying like is everything going to be okay I hope this works sort of like a concern bit of a furrowed brow and it was a very fun little moment because <laughs> she's just like very like acty it's it was, she was doing real acty stuff and I it just it was it was really nice because I like Shelley Duvall and so just to, for this very fun little silly like oh she's acting like because I mean more <laughs> often than not it's like oh this is a character in the thing but like when you see her act like you can tell it's just like like I, she has no words in that lo- in that moment but it's just a very funny moment so if you're if you go back and watch it um shout out to Shelley Duvall's furrowed brow in that moment um we love you shelly duvall and be prepared to watch that dog die twice because i forgot that we saw the dog die the first time we did and i forgot that we saw the dog die the second time like i knew the dog was dead and they had to bring him back to life but i forgot how many times they made us watch him die yeah and like then like looking at the kid like going over to him and like just having like the arch around him and that shot and just being like oh my god i was just like of of course this isn't gonna go over well with kids in the audience stupid (laughs) what did you think was gonna happen you're (laughs) killing the dog twice like who are you I do think it's really funny, though, that he was just straight up like, oh, yeah, Disney, give me a million dollars to make this. Oh, you didn't like it? That's fine. Cool. Okay, bye. Like, I I think I read something, too, where I forget what movie he was doing interviews for, but they asked him about Frankenweenie, and he was like, wait, you've seen that? Because, like, he didn't know that the film had been released at all. So I I thought that was kind of fun, too, like, because they were just like thou shalt get out of my house right and yeah. tim burton's like all right whatever i'm gonna go off Bye. and make these these movies with my bffs uh johnny depp and danny elfman yeah. they'll see you later and then disney came crawling back later yeah <laughs> truly and he decided to make it again let's talk yeah. about that one. Oh yeah let's do it okay because Catherine, i don't know did you have anything else no, I want to go talk about Catherine O'Hara. Okay, let's do that. Okay. We'll see you guys after the break and our sponsors, JK. <laughs> in New Holland, somewhere in the USA, Victor Frankenstein, a young filmmaker and science lover, lives with his beloved dog, Sparky. One day, Victor is forced to go outside and play sports ball, but Sparky gets excited and chases a ball into the street and gets hit by a car and killed. Truly a sad day for the neighborhood. The next day in science class, Victor learns about reanimating corpses with electricity from his totally chill, not creepy at all science teacher. After a brief grave robbery and some lightning, zombie Sparky is back. 
After seeing Sparky in the neighborhood, Edgar, his classmate, blackmails Victor into teaching him how to reanimate dead animals, which he quickly shares with the rest of their classmates. <laughs> Talk about gossip. Oh, Naturally, man. all the kids try to bring animals back to life, but they turn into monsters instead and destroy the town. After saving everyone, they are chased to... What? Is that a windmill like the original Frankenstein? Yes. Did it catch on fire? Yes. Did Sparky die again and only to come back to life again? Yes. Did they live happily ever after? Absolutely. 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 So what I was going to say. This is a kid's movie. This is a kid's movie. We, Stanley. Um, What I was going to (laughs) say off. So we were talking. I was like, I'm going to save it for the pod because it's like a fun little tidbit. And you know what? Whatever. It's fine. And I'm fine. And this is fine. You know how Home Depot is selling those nine foot tall skeletons? Uh Uh-huh. Well, our neighbor bought one. I did not buy one, even though I really want to, but I don't have $700 to spare. Is it $700? Um, I think it's like 700 bucks. Yeah. So they have one and it's like right in the front yard. It's literally right around the corner from our place. So whenever I take Lucy on our walks, I'm dedicated. As long as the skeleton is up, every time I pass it, I will be taking a photo, a little selfie with me and the skeleton. So far, I have about 24 pictures. Oh, and, my God. Uh, it's really like a fun moment for me on these walks to just be like, what's up? Like this. Oh, I love. It's also just like a sick ass decoration, like big, this huge skeleton for no reason. That's giant. Yes. Um, that's all <laughs> it was really. And I'm going to have a really, really, really fun collection of, um, me and skeleton photos. Uh, so. If you're listening, watch out for that. I was going to say, you should, one, post that on our Instagram, and two, you should, at the end of this, put all of them in a slideshow and have, like, Sarah McLaughlin or something, like, playing at the end, and then the last photo is just you without the skeleton in the same place. Okay, so what was the member in community when they like make fun of people who made fun, who like made those like ship videos of um, Annie and Jeff? And it was like something, um, come back to you okay never felt so long or whatever i don't i don't know the words anyways i'm gonna do that but with the skeleton it's gonna be like a really um cute like but it's it's gonna be really fun because uh the skeleton will never move or change its face so it'll just be like an emotional journey for me i'm also gonna be using it as my acting reel (laughs) go off jk lol sag after (laughs) eligible what's up um, so this is Frank and Weenie 2012, and um, it's the same fucking movie. I can't yes. believe that this is the same director with the same story for the same movie. It's like, you know, Spinal Tap when they're yes. like, "We're gonna turn it to 11, right? Because right now Tim Burton has basically become like a caricature of himself. But this yes. movie, he decided to. Take this story that was fine and perfect and it's like, you know, in its little time capsule and turn it to 11. Put his stank on it. Yeah. Again. Which, okay, I will <laughs> I will say because they had to fill in some time for a theatrical hour and a half, um, they did add the element of classmates and all of the other kids reanimating their pets in the same way. I enjoyed the general plot of this movie and its additions. It is essentially the same thing. You are correct. Absolutely. But I did like that. It's like, 
I mean, obviously, we're going to get into the vilifying the characters of color ofs, but the kids going and like getting his tortoise or getting a gerbil or like their their dead pets and being like, I'm going to bring them back to life, even if it was for nefarious purposes, which I absolutely understand. I still kind of like that as a how do we build this this very simple story into an hour and a half? It's like, well, why not make all the other kids do the same thing? Like, oh, okay. I, I guess like, do it. I feel like I would have been on board with that if they weren't all just shitty characters and racist depictions of people of color and of women. And look, okay, the girl with the cat doesn't even have a name. Her name is Weird Girl. Legit. Ew. She does not have a name. And then okay. like the and then the fucking neighbor girl is supposed to be like uh, the they frame her as the love interest without ever showing them on screen, without ever like, you know, together or kind of like talking or like I there's the one like, hey, um, can I see you? Nope, nope, I gotta go in the house. Bye. And okay. like it's just and she's there and I don't fucking understand why she's there other than to be the owner of Persephone who is the little dog, right? So like, oh, look, cute. The bride That's, of... Okay, cool. Yeah. Persephone in Greek mythology is the queen of the underworld. We fucking get it. And everybody's fucking name in this too, like goes back to like, you know, Shelly the turtle is for Mary Shelley. Okay, cool. The next door well, neighbor girl is Elsa Van Helsing. Okay, cool. And then Edgar is Edgar Igor. Get it? Ha ha. Okay, fine. Yeah. And like, so it just... It was, uh, this was just, there's nothing to anybody. I know, I know the turtle was named after Mary Shelley. I know this, but in my head, it was a Shelley Duvall appreciation (laughs) post. And because of that, because that was my, like, I was like, oh, Mary Shelley who? Shelley Duvall, Ovs. Um, I loved it. I love that that turtle was named Shelley. I was just like, yes. I do like that. that. that Shelly was the Duvall. one, that, that was the yeah, one I right. liked. I was like, okay, Shelly, that's cute, right? And that's a cute callback. But then just everything else was just so fucking ham-fisted. And then like, okay, the depictions of women that we got were Elsa and Persephone. Elsa's just kind of there. And yeah. then the weird girl and her cat. And the weird girl's, like, what makes her unique is her cat tells the future through its literal shit. Yeah. That is what we get as far as women in this movie. And it's really gross. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. We also decided to fucking damsel the dog Persephone at the end because sure, like I have it in my notes. Sure. Dot, dot, dot. Let's damsel the dog. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) This it's. Yeah. So all of that was very boring. Um, Go, damseling the dog but also just in the level of like going back to what i was saying about creating romantic relationships between the dogs i was like okay i don't like that they took that a step further a little bit in this one where it's like they're yeah. having a romantic rela- like they're having i i don't know victor it's like, has to have his person too right victor has elsa but they're like actually not together but like it's supposed to be a love story because their dogs are also in love and it's like a whole thing although so that was all messy and gross, and I actually didn't like any of that, and I thought it was very boring and bad storytelling. But there was a moment that I thought was in, like very good storytelling and very sad, even if it had to do with them. When Sparky dies, 
There, so there's a scene before Sparky dies where Persephone and Sparky are playing like they're kicking the ball back and forth from under the fence, and it's like a really cute like little moment. When Sparky dies, Persephone kicks the ball to his side of the fence, and then like waits for it to get kicked back, and the ball just like never comes back, and then it like cuts to like an empty doghouse, and I was like, yes. That part I thought was that was beautiful and sad. That was really good and sad. Her whole fucking character is is just there to be sad. I don't know. I I did. I I thought that that was a really great moment, and that's one of the shining moments in this. I thought the other shining moment yeah. around around sadness had to do with when Victor realizes his dog has died. And the way that they showed how devastating that was for him specifically. And then, like, also showing how how much motivation there was in his choice to try to reanimate him. And showing him, like, you know, digging up his dog and everything. Like, that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, this, to me, this this has more substance. The, the, the points, the only points of this film, to me, that felt nuanced were those moments of incredible sadness everything else was just shit hitting the fan. oh well straight up when he has to go dig up his dog and they show him it's not just like shovel at the gates of the graveyard next scene there is something under the tarp it's he goes there you watch him dig up his dog puts his dog in a knapsack sneaks inside there's this whole moment of him trying to sneak in and not get caught by his parents that he has their dead dog that he just dug up from the cemetery. And you're like, and then his like tail falls out. And I'm like, this is (sighs) fucking wild. Okay. So that was weird and sad. The other moment that I also thought was weird and sad. It's all like dog related, obviously. Cause like to me, I'm like, Sparky's the best, like shining star, no matter who you are, Oscar award worthy performance by Sparky the dog. Um, when they make him go to the graveyard and see his own grave, like, <sighs> what the fuck is this existential trash? And he's like, like looking around, like, oh, I'm in a graveyard, and then it's like his name, and he recognizes it, and then he just gets hella sad about it mm-hmm. and lays down by his own grave. I was like, why, why, <laughs> why are we doing this? Like, these moments are really sad, and this movie's not earning them, so why are you whiplashing us from a really weird narrative into these incredibly sad, devastating moments with this wonderful dog? Why are we doing this today? (laughs) I mean, because truly, the only fucking good person in this whole story is Sparky. And that's true for, like, sure, like, Victor to an extent, but, like, truly, in both of them, and specifically this one, he is... He's too bright for this dreary town. Sparky deserves better. Also, another moment of sadness, too, where, like, you know, he was, he's, like, back to life now. He's chip, 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 chip. And then his batteries start to get (gasps) low, and he has to be charged again. I was like, (gasps) and I was like, okay, okay. And then, so this movie only focuses on those moments of sadness and it only did that to make you feel sad because later on i was like oh cool so like now we have all these monsters and they're just gonna stop right they're gonna wreak havoc they're gonna stop they're gonna do this you know because we're trying to say that you know things can't last forever you know help children process grief or what whatever you know i don't know but like okay cool (laughs) and then Nope, that's not what happened at all. So we literally just had this moment 
literally just to make you feel like shit and then move on it doesn't pay off anywhere else yeah there's there's it's it's not earned and there's also no payoff for it it's just these really intense moments of like uh, it's almost like ennui driven depressive aura it's just like this 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 big presence of like existential dread and death and sadness all tied around a dog who's like lovely and wonderful and it's just like a reminder that a the dog's dead b the dog knows it's dead and is sad about its own death but also what is life if i'm dead what is existence what is what is living in general like is love real if i'm dead like is my mm-hmm. love for my friend like this do- these other dogs like does any of that matter? Is it happening? Like, I feel like they're trying to get all that stuff in here, but then that's juxtaposed with like this shitty story of like these shitty kids being vilified by this garbage town. And also some shitty ass mayor who's just shitty and gross and toxic and his niece. Who's just there and has no, like she has no agency. She's like, I don't want to do this. She's like, fuck you. You're doing it basically. Right. And then I love that candle hat. Yeah. Okay. That's another fucking thing that didn't pay off, right? Because they were like, (laughs) all right. She's like, is this safe? And then uh, he's like, it's safe. Blah, 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 blah. We have the fire marshal here. And then, like, goes over to the fire marshal, who's just an old ass dude standing off the side. Thumbs up. Great. And then I'm like, oh, cool. So when the fire happens later, they're, they're going to be the ones to save it. Nope. Still had to watch the fucking dog die. Like, they yeah. went out of their way to say, there's a fire marshal here. Why would you do that knowing that your climax is going to include fire? Yeah. It also, I feel like it sets up this weird, like, uh, it, it sets up this false cause and effect situation where it's like, this hat's going to burn her or burn somebody and, like, burn something down. And that actually isn't the case. We never see it again. We don't hear from it. It's It's kind of like a weird cause and effect misdirect that doesn't work or pay off there's a I feel like it's trying for to... nothing in this movie yeah. there's like they set this up and then nothing and then it's like science is bad they decided that they had to fucking have that narrative for some reason so oh, like i forgot that know, that happened so like the adults right and like my note for them is okay so now they hate science and there's like this yeah. quote where they're like knowing too much is the problem sometimes and so the science teacher who's a sh- fucking asshole is like and they're trying like this film tries to impart wisdom through him what even though he's an asshole it's like he's the only one that's saying it's okay to fuck up like you know just keep trying right and mm-hmm. then he's like your country doesn't make enough scientists people like what science gives them but not the questions it asks and then i'm just like okay why and it's literally just so they could be like uh science we hate science and i'm like well, this well, fucking makes no sense it also gave me big uh project paperclip vibes where i was like oh is he one of the German Nazi scientists who America brought <gasps> over? Like, is this oh. a conversation about that? Because he's having a conversation about like America and it's like lack, it's like this country is that, whereas other places love science. I'm like, you're also doing this in a very weird dystopic 50s setting. I was like, that's perfect time for this. Is this what you're discussing? Like, is that Ooh. who this person is? Is he fucking Wunder? V- what is this the fucking Nazi's name who. 
what another <laughs> who even wh- cares? Wait, yeah. hold on. <laughs> another racist depiction uh in this fucking story? No way. Let's go to our next point, which I'm very excited to talk about, where we have re- the racist, sexist, stereotypical villains, uh where everybody that is bad or unlikable has an accent, is deformed or is a woman. Yeah. So so I want to get into this because I wrote all of this down and I was like like, this isn't just me, right? And then, like, when I found out people's names and their ethnicities, I was like, this is fucked. Okay, so let's start off with Tokiyashi. So he he decides to dig up Shelly, right, for his animal he's going to bring back, which is a turtle. Okay, he does this in the garden, so very zen. Okay, fine. And then this turns into Godzilla. So oh. the Japanese child... <sighs> Turn like his monster turns into Godzilla. He's killed by electricity. How okay, fun! Cool. Let's go to Nassau. So who I want to is go ahead. His his name is Toshiaki. Toshiaki. Thank you so much. Uh. So yes, I definitely did write that wrong. I'm an asshole. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of assholes, me right here. Um. Okay. So Nassau, who's the 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 big kid bully, the Egyptian guy. And he finds his, in the graveyard, his, his animal, and it's a mummy. It's wrapped up like a mummy, and it's the, this biggest, uh, it's like Colossus or whatever, Colossal, and it's like the smallest of the things, and he's, he's crushed. So, so the Egyptian gets a mummy. Isn't that fun? Right? <laughs> Isn't that cool? We love Isn't it. that cool? And then, like, you know, there's just the generic, Edgar, Igor, he finds his thing at school, gets the rat. The rat is kind of like the wolf man. Okay, whatever. Like, that's that's boring. <laughs> and the, but the the things that just really well, pissed me off were, were those two. Like, why are you going to have, like, you know, a Japanese kid paired with, like, a Godzilla-type monster and an Egyptian paired with a mummy-type, like, with, with that sort of, like, well, visual? Because it's just, it's boring, blatant casual racism in that way because it's it, it, again it's 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 this it's just boring and basic and a bad choice like come on yeah that was the big thing i noticed too was just i could not believe that he had the godzilla version like that was a choice to make that turtle shelly the turtle a godzilla monster mm-hmm. that's a choice bored so bored and then Bob, the overweight kid, he gets the sea monkeys, which are like the gremlins. Like, okay, like that's that's a very yeah. American story. Great. They're killed with salt. Okay, like it it I wasn't sure if that was like a comment on diet or <laughs> like, you know, all of that. Like I was trying to see if there was a like underlying like message to their deaths too like whether it was implied like intentional or unintentional and i'm just like nobody fucking thought this through nobody thought any of this shit through well with with those sea monkeys the whole time they were just trying to eat stuff that was like their shtick yeah and the part the whole the the reason they find out that they're they die by salt is because they get some popcorn and they're just like eating all of it and so that was like their whole bit and so yeah so the fat kid gets the monsters that eat too much and die from it. Like, that's and what causes them to die. And yeah. then the girl gets... Hers is in, like, the bedroom. It's the her cat 
and a bat for some reason, like, become one. And so it's like this vampire shit, and then it's, like, staked. So, okay, fine, whatever. But then the way that, like, all of the dudes, right, they get the lightning through, like, kites or through this or through that. She gets it by going into her closet and getting all of her hangers and having a cute little butterfly thing. And, like, you know, whereas the dudes have, like, just normal-ass balloons and stuff, but, like, because, of course, she's she's a woman and she has no, like, tools or her parents don't have tools or whatever. She just goes to her closet because, like, I didn't love that. I didn't love her because, like, the only well, thing it's... we knew about her was that her cat tells the future through shit. <laughs> like, yeah. what a shitty thing. It's, it's the bell washing machine all over again. It's that boring, expected... Well, she's a girl, so she has to use girl things to get the yes. same result. Like, she can't just, she cannot exist in any realm without using, like, what we would consider female props, right? Yes. So, like, in order to get an antenna, it's like, well, she can't just get metal piping. Oh, clothes, clothes hangers. Let's have her tie clothes hangers together. What's the best thing for a kite? Well, she has this big, cute pink butterfly thing. Why don't we make that a kite for her? Because she's a girl and girls have girl things. Whereas everybody else went and got shit from their dad or from the school, you know, yeah. or or from the garage. And so, like, it's just another way I feel of, like, just pushing that, like, uh, pseudo, like, 40s to 60s version of family and society and what that looks like and what that should look like by, like, reinforcing that. And yeah. It's just, it's super fucking boring, and I hate it. So, structurally, as I said earlier, I liked the idea of adding other kids reanimating their pets. I think the execution was trash. And also, that, like, have that be the main story. Why is this mayor involved? Why is... No uh, payoff. No fucking payoff at all for the mayor. They had, like, to me... They tried to establish him as the villain, but nothing he did was generally villainous or nefarious, but instead they take, like you said, the only two kids who are non-white or like foreign and non-white. They took them, made them nefarious villains. They took the only girl for the most part who's in it. They made her a villain as well. And then the, the, the like big kid with, some form of, of physical deformity or, uh, or a physical handicap, they made him a villain as well. They made everybody who isn't Victor a villain in this when they're trying to establish the mayor as a villain, but that doesn't happen. We don't get anything from him or Elsa for that matter. They, Very... they were either villains or they were just props. They were just there. Yeah. Like Elsa was just there. His parents we're just there. Like, I mean, I guess his dad was like, I sell dreams. I'm a travel agent. You, you've been in the middle. You got to play sports. Like, oh, yeah. that was the extent of his dad, right? And like, his mom was really non-existent. Like, it's, yeah, like everybody there was just kind of like, if they weren't a villain, they weren't at all developed. They weren't even two dimensional. No. They were one dimensional. They were like, yeah. They were just like a footnote. But for some reason, yes. each person got like, it felt like 
five to ten minutes of uh, screen time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which made everything more confusing because, again, you're adding all of these characters. It was not a well-developed uh, movie. No. The, sto- the story was, yeah, it just, again, Sparky was the star. And he died for Spark- it, right? He died a second time because Sparky, he gets in trouble for playing and being happy and being and not participating in the misery of this town that was built on a graveyard and all of this other stuff, right? Like, and at the end, Sparky still has to prove himself by running into a burning building and defeating that stupid cat, rat, whatever the fuck thing and die saving everybody and then it's like oh well you deserve to live here let's turn on our cars but like he literally has to put his life on the line again and save all these people that don't fucking deserve it like (laughs) no sparky is the only to me redeemable i mean victor's fine victor's like generally fairly lovable he's one-dimensional he hasn't really done anything I just do. I just want to do a quick little shout out. Um, Catherine O'Hara, uh, you're the best, and I love almost everything you've ever done, um, including this. I loved Catherine O'Hara in this, even though she was fairly boring. The character was very whatever. I think Catherine O'Hara is an absolute treasure. She is a Canadian treasure. She deserves. So many, I just love Catherine O'Hara so much. <laughs> That's it. That's really it's a cat. This is a Catherine O'Hara appreciation post. She's so good. She's so good. I just love her. She's so I don't know. Like I again, her role in this. I her roles in this rather. Uh, very whatever for me. I don't care too much. But as an actor, she's just so diverse and good and fun and funny and comedically her timing is impeccable i just love Catherine o'hara <laughs> if you wanted to start talking about, i'm cool with just like not talking about this movie just talking about her and everything she's been so in best in show she is oh yeah it. she's in that <laughs> she's in like everything and who was i wait who was i talking to about this about how uh sally's song and i remember before christmas they were like it's trash and i hate it and i'm like i Okay, uh, this is an attack ad on me because Catherine O'Hara is fantastic. Cause she's Sally, oh, and yeah. she plays one of the kids, one of either Locks, one of the, one of the kids. Um, she's just good at everything. Like, stop. Okay, I'm gonna. I don't, I'm, well, I'm you, you said Nightmare Before Christmas, and I'm like, because I worked at Disney for like ten years, so I'm like having flashbacks to like every year it turns into Nightmare Before Christmas Land, you yeah. know, over at the, and then like ugh, that movie is a little bit triggering for me. L- oh, I'm like, sorry. A, a little bit just in it's, it's in its. Ex- I mean, ex- I can talk. It's existence. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah, and it's. I, I mean, obviously, it's one of those. It is like the disney hot topic goth bible oh my god so much um you know what i mean but that's not to say that it's bad because i do think it i i loved it growing up i think it's a great movie i think it's very fun and cool i mean i haven't seen it in forever but yeah um i really enjoy it anyways Catherine o'hara if you're listening um my address is 1033 i'm just kidding but uh (laughs) wait you're saying my address wait 
No. Oh, wait. No. Oh. Stop. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. That's my hair. What are you doing here? Um, hey, girl. No. She's so good. Oh, my God. Anyways, back to this movie. Um, what else do we say? Um, I do like, I will say, with her character, I do like, because she definitely took the attributes from the first character, the mother of being kind of dismissive, kind of being a little airheaded. Like, she's not interested. She's very disengaged. Yeah. In this one, I like the approach to the disengagement of the mom because there's, like, this unwielding trust that she seems to have for Victor that I appreciated. Because if you're going to do a disengaged mom, might as well be like, I trust you and your skill and your path so much You'll make it work. It like the whole robot thing. Like when she comes into the attic and he's like sitting on the bucket uh, because Sparky is under the bucket and he's trying to hide Sparky from his mom. And then he has to like stand up to do something and the bucket starts moving and she's like, what? And he's like, oh, it's actually a robot for whatever. And she's like, oh, it's like a like a mopping robot. He's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. She's like, oh, well, can I use it when you're done? Like, that's cool. I mean, obviously, <laughs> again, the mom, the woman is like asking to use the bucket and the mop which is like okay cool we get it this movie hates women fun 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 we love it but at the same time her like not even questioning like my son's a genius my son is so confident and strong and intelligent like oh of course he would make a robot like that's a really good idea like once it's done and you've like worked out the kinks can i can i see it like is that fine he's like yeah of course she's like oh well then go off and like do it, you big genius. I'm going to go downstairs. And he's like, <laughs> thanks, mom. I love you. And she's like, I didn't say anything because I'm disengaged. And then she goes downstairs. Yeah, I, I did like yeah. that. It seems like she she had more trust for him. Because like the last one, the first one, I'm sorry, was like, you don't know that he's smart or why he's smart. He just somehow yeah. like makes this dog happen. Yeah. And this one, they... Again, go out of their way to explain why he's smart or explain that he's smart and make sure that there's a science fair. So that's why all of the kids need to know his sciencey stuff, right? <laughs> but yeah, I do like that it was just known. It was a fact that Victor is smart and he's good yeah. at what he does. I also loved in both of these movies, I loved the cute little short in the in the beginning where Sparky's running around and he's the main actor. Yeah. He's so cute. It's such a oh cute little movie. I want to see that movie. I know. So Give me an hour and a half also, of that. Also, one of the reasons I think that this movie is bad, I'm not saying I didn't like it. You guys stop yelling at me, okay? I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm saying it's canonically not a good movie and that's canon. What's up? Um... <laughs> What I think it did poorly is too much exposition. So clearly, uh-huh. like, our town gets so much lightning, and it's so odd, and our town's known for it. Did you know that, audience? And, uh, like, you know what I mean? It's just it's too much. And where, whereas if it were a, a better told story, like, just show us, don't tell us. Like, when you're cutting into a, a store, show us the front page of a newspaper that says something along the lines of town best known for its lightning storms at an all time high of lightning showers or whatever. And we're like, oh, wow, like how interesting because we're going to get to lightning later. How fun is that? Like you don't have to add a two line moment where it's like, can you believe that our town is known so heavily for light? Like who fucking cares? Just show us. 
and move past it because now you're spending time with these characters for no reason trying to explain and there's also a million characters and they all have to get through some introduction in a weird way and then like a villainous turning point so like let's get on with it there's too much exposition please stop I mean, Please. you also have to take into account that they needed to take up that 90 minutes in order to be a feature-length film. But so... that's the thing, though. Like, <laughs> there, like, they could have done there so was, much more. Because because they tried to add so much, they kind of ended up... They tried to explain away every single little detail without showing it, just telling us that that's what's happening, that it, like... <sighs> They didn't just, really add more to the story. I mean, like, sure, they added monsters and a couple more kids, and that was the big conflict yeah. now. But, like, it felt like it felt, ugh, yeah. And to be fully honest, the moment when all of the uh, reanimated pets come back to life, like the sea monkeys and the whatever, that was literally just a shot-for-shot re-adaptation of when the Christmas presents come alive in Nightmare Before Christmas. But it's the same Ooh, bullshit. Yeah. Fat fat kid gets the fat present. Girls get the girl present. Like, you know what I mean? In that same way, like the the girl gets the dolly that's a vampire and the twins get the... T- like, you know what? I- like, it's just stupid bullshit motify shit that like it was be- knowing Nightmare Before Christmas was completely uninspired to me. That bit was. Mm-hmm. It was boring. It was boring. Yeah, the the whole thing was boring. I love stop animation. I think it's really great and really cool. Yeah. Um, but, like, it feels... <sighs> I'm just so tired of Tim Burton doing it. Like, and I guess, like, some of these ideas and everything for this movie were from uh, the 1984 one, but he never got to do it. But, like, cool. Yeah. Like, look, if you're going to fucking remake this movie, then, like, maybe, like, look at the story again and, like... I don't know. Give a shit. Like, uh, like you said, uh, like boomer goth, like this is what yeah. we get, you know? And like, dude, I get like, I understand that this is probably you, Tim Burton, but you know what? <laughs> you, you can dig a little bit deeper. Dig a little deeper. Tim Burton, if you're listening, hire us to be on your writing team. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be so dope? Like, if, if we like. This uh, is a call out post, but also hire us. I feel like through these deep dives that we go into, like, I'm just like, man, I'm fucking ready. I I can do this. I can, (laughs) you know, like, I can do this with help from other people because when you're writing movies and that shit's important. Yeah. That shit's important. It's a team effort. And having people to just throw ideas off of. Yeah. So, again, I'm like roll the tape back and there was never a moment where I said I didn't like this movie because surprise I loved it but is it bad yes it's not a good movie I enjoyed it but I also like bad things so what's up sue me this movie sort of left me yearning for something like Paranorman I didn't watch Paranorman this movie made me wish you know what I'm gonna save it for the outro <gasps> Drag Dang. them. Okay, wait. Have you seen any of Leica's movies? Um, yeah, I've seen a couple of them. Okay. Yeah. I love the way that studio tells stories generally. They do a great job. Yeah. They do a really good job. And so something for me where I'm like, okay, you're gonna have like a moment like a young young kid dealing with existentialism and death and and all of these things. This movie did a really bad job at that. 
this movie did a terrible job. Whereas you go to Paranorman and it's like you get that scene of him talking to his grandma and then the mom comes in and the grandma's gone and she's like, oh, who are you talking to? He's like, oh, no one. And it's just you're acknowledging that he can talk to ghosts. And in this moment, he was talking to his dead grandmother. And it's like this acknowledgement of like not not only like the abnormality of 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 crossing over with john edwards or you know what i mean like you're you're adding that but you're adding these like really wonderful again it's more of like this showing not telling bit that that a story like paranorman does so well you know this this, i think this movie just really suffered because both of them were tim burton it was tim burton in the 80s and tim burton Uh. in as who he is now and that was I, so severe okay I it is that. but like, i love it so much but like <laughs> look if you're going to do something and if you're going to bring it back make it new make it different make it interesting like just changing the <laughs> medium does not fucking doesn't change it and if you wanted to tell a story great but there's no fucking nuance to this and so just, anybody else could have done this and it would have been better and i i just love that you're like honestly at the end of the day the common denominator in these two films being bad is tim burton and i loved the first one the first one can stay but this one like tim burton just needs to sign on like look don't revisit your old shit unless you're going to get other people involved and actually do a fucking good job Okay, that is a call-out post. Tim that Burton, is if you're listening, a call-out post. Hire me to write your fucking movies. Go ahead and subscribe, Tim Burton, and um, join our mailing list because we have a lot of really goodies coming out this season. Also, um, JK, LOL. Uh, handle for um, Venmo is Elif. Oh, Tim Burton, if you want to give me your money, um, my birthday's <laughs> coming up, uh, and I would love to get some of that Burton cash. So my handle on Venmo. I will say it again. It's Elafebre, E-L-A-F-E-B-R-E. And I'll just go ahead and open that app and wait for you to... Um... <laughs> Honestly, should I find him on Venmo and just request money? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> be like, hey, I just watched Frank and Weenie. Do you want to give me some money? <laughs> Can you give me my money back that I yeah, spent to thank pay you so for... Much. That I bought this movie with? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'd JK, like a refund, Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I wouldn't even. Pre- any- yeah, Tim Burton, J.K. But truly, if you're out there, that's my Venmo. Um, hit me up. Let- let's chat. Um, also, give me a job. Uh, what were we saying? Yeah, Tim Burton. <laughs> uh, I think I'm done. What- oh, I think I'm done too. I do want to do a quick shout out. <laughs> Another one. Ooh, this this to episode final... is brought to you by Eric's birthday and the and shout outs. And shout out and the final I want to just say real quick. Um the final scene in Big Fish always makes me cry. So thank you for that Tim Burton. Oh, I'm very sorry. Um so we're dragging your goth ass through the mud uh, here on this pod today. <laughs> um we do appreciate your vignettes and callbacks to horror like the kids on the staircase and Nosferatu and the mini golf windmill. It's very cute. It's a little on the nose, but we still eat it up. And for that, honestly, thank you, Tim Burton. Um, Again, if you want to rewind that and go hear my Venmo handle, it is there. Um, Yeah. 
So I'm actually good with this one. I'm, I'm yeah, I feel like I'm done. I think I'm, I'm done. done. And we're back for the <laughs> outro. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Um, we had like a great time today. No, Jess, how are you feeling? I'm feeling it. Gotta move. Uh, uh, uh. I know. Okay, it. that's a, okay. I know. It's <laughs> a whole thing. <laughs> Um. So, Eric. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we are just, like we just went off on like this twenty-minute tangent in between things about music did. and about things and Blink One Eighty Two. I forgot um, we had to get back into. I know I did too. For a second. <laughs> okay, we can podcast. Ready? Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're podcasting. You guys. You guys. You guys. We're podcasting. Okay, Eric. Hey, over. Stop. We're podcasting, okay? Jeez. Oh, okay. Sorry, that was all the okay. haters trying to drag me down. I had to tell that them no Timber thank in, you. That was Tim Burton calling in, you know. Well, that, straight up, <laughs> I looked down at my phone. That's Tim Burton blowing up my Venmo with millions of dollars. I'm oh like, oh my gosh, thank God you so Tim, much. stop it. Thank you like, so much. We're not even that close. We're not like friends like that. Like, But if you have like a mill to chill, like I'll take it. It's really not a problem. I mean, for sure. For sure. Yeah, if if he wants to, but that's on him. Like that's up to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> so really, it's just like I'm 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 the benefactor, sure, but it's also like kind of like a favor for him. Anyways, I'm just I'm holding on to it. But outro. So <laughs> okay. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> 1984 version of yeah. Tim Burton's Frankenweenie. Uh huh. Who was it for? Um, it was for. Shelley Duvall, that is exactly who it was for. He made this movie with her in mind. I'm lying through my teeth, but he made this movie for her specifically. And then when he cast her, it was like, oh my God, here we go. So we could put her in that Mormon dress. Yes. I mean, (laughs) get like, also this is what? Like eight years after The Shining? A decade after The Shining? When was The Shining? Fuck if I know. I'm not good at this let shit me, here. I'll f- let me let me get I our assistant. It. Assistant, can you look up when The Shining was made? 1980. Thank you so much. Assistant, we got it. No, thank you. We don't need it anymore. Thank you. Um, I will take more water, please. Yeah, thank if you. you could just go ahead and like, con- can you contact him? You can call. Okay, yeah, just like get him on the phone. Thank you. Um, 1980? <laughs> 1980. Wow. So this is four years after The Shining. Uh-huh. We absolutely Stanley Kubrick on this one, you guys. Ooh, amazing. Shelly Duvall, this is who this was for. You're amazing. Yeah, who do you think it was for? I think this was for anybody that's been a kid and had a pet. Like, oh. you know, like truly, I feel like this is a story that anybody can relate to that's, that's, had a pet obviously um because like and especially like as a kid like and because i feel like something that this this movie does really well is just plays in that area of childhood magic and wonder and it plays on the in-between space when you know your parents aren't paying attention or aren't watching and just not understanding the love and connection that you have with something like your dog because i mean like truly like you're not getting that from anybody else and so to like 
when he lost Sparky, it wasn't that he lost a pet. It was that he lost his best friend, the one person that was always there when he cried and was there when, like, he was scared and that would listen to him and, like, be in his silly movies and all of that. Like, this was truly the one person that just accepted him for who he was, especially in this shitty-ass town, you know? So this particular version of Frank and Weenie was for anybody that has had that type of a connection with with an animal. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was sad. I hate like I'm happy the dog came back to life, but at the same time I'm like, that dog died. That sucks. Twice. We watched the twice. fucking dog die twice. I'm just like, no. You guys need twice to stop too many. it. Too, twice too many. And then also, I didn't say this earlier, but I'm like Hey, kid, don't throw the ball into the street. Right? You absolute monster. Like, okay, how about you throw the ball in your gated yard, not through the open gate into a busy street, you asshole. Anyways. So, like, yeah, the first one, it was the kid's fault, right? Which is even harder. And the second one, it's the dad's fault for not accepting his son and for forcing him to do things that he doesn't want to do. Yeah. You know, like... Uh, and you know so like if we're looking at sparky as as that version of you know your best friend or like childhood wonder or as like just as that beacon of like hope and individuality and just being seen for who you are essentially in the second film the death of sparky is the death of that childhood innocence right Ooh, i love that i just i put on my my little critic hat just i know Oh, I love I know. It. It, it. I'm sorry it took so long to get here. I just love dog movies. <laughs> oh, baby dogs. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. I liked it. I thought it was fun and cute. I thought it was the right length of time, too. Like, for mm-hmm. a very simple, fun story, I'm like, oh, great. And again, shout out Shelly Duvall in that car. Like, beep, beep, queen. Get that two second of <laughs> face work. We stand a furrow brow. Um, it was, yeah, it was cute. I love the sets. I love the mini golf. I loved, um, yeah, it was good. It was good. Did you like it? Did you love it? Oh, I still love this. I'm so yeah. happy that this was in my childhood because, like, it was just the right amount of campy and just yeah. the right amount of slapstick. And the comedic beats were so, so cute and so good. And Sparky was just a treasure. And, yeah, I so going back and watching it, my husband also loved Frank and Weenie as a kid, and we watched this together, and it was just like, yeah, this is great. This was good. It really hit that nostalgia point factor for me, and yeah. it wasn't trash, which was mm-hmm. nice, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> a yeah. treat. A it was a treat. treat. A little trick-or-treat. Ooh, it's what it was. I like that. It was a uh, a slice of cake for our one year anniversary. It was, but <laughs> it's actually a Snickers ice cream cake, and the little pieces of Snickers are actually fun size because they are trick or treat Halloween candy. Give me that shit. I know. Right I actually now. really want that now. Oh my god! You know what I actually think I'm gonna do for my birthday though? Hmm. I'm gonna do some takeout cheesecake factory cheesecake of that ultimate red velvet cheesecake cheesecake. Fucking get it. I think so. So, <laughs> Frank and Weenie, number two. Let's stop talking about me. God, Eric is so 
so selfish actually are you can take a assistant. space it's it's not only your birthday but it's also yeah. our one year anniversary so take up that space it is take it our up. assistant's actually yelling at me right now yeah i know i know i talk about myself a lot thank you um anyways she <laughs> hates me and it's fine um gosh i really hope i'm gonna keep doing this i really hope people think we have an assistant <laughs> um okay okay we're back and just keep eric's and just keep done with that, his that- yeah. Eric's done with his tirade of mess. For the 2012 one, is yeah. this new and interesting or the same progressive regressive? How has the story evolved with today's ideals? I thought it was both new and interesting, but I thought it was regressive in its storytelling. I thought the things that they added to it, like, for instance, etc., the elements of like all the other kids and whatever, whatever. I thought it was, it's obviously new because it's like new information. Hello, here we go. I thought it was interesting just because it was like, oh, how do we elaborate on a very simple story that we were already familiar with? But it was regressive just again in all of its trope. Every time I say trope, I want to say tropic, like I'm mispronouncing (laughs) tropic, like tropical. And it's tropic depictions of, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like it was regressive and shitty in that way. And I think it, Mm -hmm. it, it was regressive. What did you think, Jess? Um, I thought that it was new and the same at the same time because it dragged them. Well, because it's the same exact story, but they added an hour's worth of content. And so, okay, fine. So you added things, but that doesn't make it interesting to me. <laughs> okay, and, drag Tim Burton's entire uh, cinema collection. I, yes. <laughs> um, but um, I also thought that it was super regressive, you know, and all of the ways that we talked about with regards to their depictions of the villains um, being just so racist and two-dimensional and on the nose and so... Yeah. Just this was this felt like a caricature of the first film, like a more lengthy, more detailed caricature of the first one. Yeah, it was it felt very much like we got to get some new T-shirts and Hot Topic. Let's just really like (laughs) hit them with a hit them with a classic. What is a deep cut that they'll love? Frank and Weenie. Can you make that look like Nightmare? Absolutely. Okay, go off. Let's do it. Yeah. And they did. And we said good for you. Yeah. Because they thought they had it with Corpse Bride, no ma'am. Then they got here and they said, Frankenweenie is where it's at. And, and people were like, Corpse Bride is the same as Nightmare Before Christmas. He's just remaking the same thing over and over again, right? Yeah. So, but I mean, turns out he with, didn't do Nightmare Before Christmas. So what's up? He, he actually didn't. Yeah. So if you guys want to call him out, Henry Selick, hit us up. Call out post. <laughs> Director of Nightmare. Who also, was this at, while we're while we're at it, Danny Elfman, if you want to just go ahead and get a like, I, this is a call out post for Danny Elfman. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't know what I'm saying. Who <laughs> was the this one for? Is what you? Who said? was it for? Yeah. Oh, Who okay. was the 2012 version for? Hot topic Funko Pop goths. <laughs> I'd say right. Like that feels right. Hot topic Funko Pop goths. Oh, 100. Frank and Weenie was for. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I want to elaborate on that. I think that's like exactly where it sits for me. Yeah. Um, who do you think this was for? I think that it was for the same person, the person that 
Nightmare Before Christmas is a personality trait. Ooh, dragon. And yeah, I I I think that was my answer for like Beauty and the Beast too for like the second (laughs) one. But like, um, yeah, I think that this is for them. Wow, you you nailed it. You said it. The hot topic fandom Uh, is shaking. And their uh, pleather buckle boots. In their demonica, pl- in their demonica creepers, with their stud belts. Oh, sorry, and, De- uh, and bondage pants. Yeah, in their treader UK creeper sneaker suede buckles. Ooh, ooh, actually, those are pretty sick. Honestly, I had a pair <laughs> straight up. Okay, I made the joke about creepers, but like literally, my shoe shelf. I have these like really cool. Uh, low sole gray suede creepers that I like Ooh. wear for special occasions because I want to look like Frankenstein sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, you guys know I was in a psychobilly. <laughs> hey, I was in psychobilly bands. That's so fun and interesting about me. Uh, stop. That's uh, so much I, more interesting than this movie. I freaking love Halloween. I love bats. I love Halloween. Um, yeah. Did you like this movie? Okay, so yeah, I actually did. I really enjoyed it um, oh, for as problematic so... and, and weird and shitty as it was. Um, I kind of loved it. Uh, I guess I'm a Hot Topic Funko Pop goth now, everybody. But no, okay. So, God, Eric, stop talking. Um, I loved you, this is wild. I love the weird girl. I loved her cat. The poop thing could have done without. I love their dynamic. I loved all the kids and their monsters for how shitty and toxic and racist it was. Um, hated the uncle. Loved Winona Ryder, even though she should not have been in the movie. That character means nothing. Still loved it. Um, Sparky was fantastic. I love Catherine O'Hara, so we absolutely Stanley. Um, yeah, I was kind of into it <laughs> did you like it or love it no no, okay. no 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 i will never watch this movie ever again Ooh. i will watch the any any youtube clip that has to deal with um sparky where sparky is just being an adorable <gasps> dog that yeah. i will watch the thing with him and persephone I will watch the animated, like the the movies that he filmed with uh, with Victor, but this movie can be deleted from my queue. I don't <laughs> want it in my search history. Um, oh. I have worked really long and hard curating my algorithms, so you know I don't yeah. want to be getting a bunch of stuff. Up. No, I don't. I will not be watching this again. Honestly, my algorithm is so jacked right now. It's like so beefed. <laughs> my algorithm is so strong. It's like crazy. Like if you take a look at my algorithms, they're just like, they're ripped. Do your algorithms have algorithms? My algorithms have algorithms. And those algorithms, ripped. That's fucking serious. Yoked. <laughs> those algorithms are the inside of an egg. They're yoked. Damn. Um, gosh, that's so bad. I know. I'm sorry. I just, I didn't like, uh, this is, you know, uh, it was just noise. None, this didn't need to happen. It didn't need to be there. Uh, yes. I, I love I stop animation. You. I'm kind of over Tim Burton's look. Like, <gasps> Big Fish, okay. super great. But like, and, and I think a lot of this too just has to deal with working 
at Disney for so long and then just yeah. like having fucking nightmares shoved down my throat for six months out of the year. You know, um, the weird fans that would come out for that. Like, great. I love that you love things. I love it. I really do. But it's okay it's, to like other things, too. It sounds like you're really coming for the Hot Topic Funko Pop community. Oh, it's just 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 really it's it's just so triggering for me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> ugh, like, I can't. I fucking I can't. I, I love that people love this. And I at one point absolutely did, too. But it's just like. It's like when somebody pulls something, like your mom pulls out, like, you know, the home movies or something. Fuck, like, oh, you used to love this movie. This is, you're all about this movie. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas is that. And I'm just like, like, so yeah, by extension, Tim Burton. And then like all of the, yeah, I, you know, just, just this, this movie didn't do it for me. Yeah, that's fair. That's valid. I agree. I do not. I do not disagree with any of that reasoning at all. It was a bad movie, but I absolutely. I I just felt like I'd seen it before, which I had. I'd seen Frankenweenie, which you had. Yeah, and I'd also seen the look of it. It did not feel new. It felt boring. Yeah, it missed the board, as it were. Hey, Eric. But I loved it. But I loved it. This like is our an absolute one year anniversary. fool. This is our one year anniversary, you guys. This is it. Stop. Thank you for listening and supporting and continuing to support our show. We love you so much. Um, I can't believe it's been a year. Woof. I know. How fun wow. is that? Wow. We're like professionals now. Isn't that like if you put so many hours at something, you're like a pro? You're it? So are, are I know. we pros? I mean, we might be. <laughs> Wait. Go off. Yeah. Somebody tell us. Are we pros with with or without an E? Which are we? You guys. <laughs> um and with that in mind, um, podcast networks, just go ahead and uh subscribe before it's too late, before we get snatched up by your competitors. We create we provide so much cute content that you're gonna be like, Ooh, You totally this want podcast us. is dripping with cute content. And then when your competitor swoops us up and we're the hottest show on their network you're gonna be like damn i wish we had not nostalgia the podcast on our podcast network and jess and i are gonna be over here like yeah you do you had your chance i'm sorry uh, that our takes on dennis the menace weren't to your liking <laughs> i'm Ooh, sorry that you hate us for our alice in wonderland remake oh Oh, shit. I'm Are we going to drag Tim Burton again? <laughs> I know. I was going to say, he's like the daddy of reviving IPs. He's like the daddy of, of remakes. Are we going to do Dumbo? Are we going to... Well, look at Dumbo. Look at Alice in Wonderland. Look at Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Look at Dark Shadows. Like I know. All of these movies, there is so much of his cinematic catalog that is just either Not reviving original? it. Not original? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That is a call out post. Tim Burton, if you're listening, uh, go ahead and drag us online. I don't know. But for real, get at us. Get us on your network. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's do this. Um, let's just start a relationship with a cute little network and then we'll just see where it goes. We'll go on a little, we'll go on a little test date. Our pod, your network. We'll see how it feels and then uh, we'll take it slow. It'll be very fun and cute. Yeah. It'll be cute. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you again. Uh, thank you for listening. It's been a year. Wow, so great. 
if you have questions, comments, concerns, ideas, anything, uh, tell us what you want via email at nostalgiapodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Like, absolutely love to hear from you. We so. would we would love nothing more. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, Danny, for editing our podcast. And thank you, Eric, for being so great. Thank you, Jess, for also being so great. I love doing this podcast. It's been a year. We're feeling great about it. How cool. How cool. Okay. How, anyways. How cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How cool. Um, yeah, I don't. Wait, we're yeah. feeling cool enough to like finally move in together to a network. So, you yes. know, we're trying, yeah, we're trying we're to, actually we're go trying to figure out the logistics on how to move in yeah. together. Yeah. We have some offers. So like other networks, if you want to like swoop in on those offers, we'll like give you the deets. So just like definitely a lot of offers are on the table currently. And we're like kind of like, should we or should we not? And like, we're not sure. Like, maybe we should wait. So, like, you know, but there are plenty of offers for there sure. There are so many offers. There are a lot. There's like at least four that I can count. <laughs> like, I'm looking at my table right now and I'm seeing like four, at least a minimum of four offers. Between four and 20, I'm seeing. Um, I'm not counting all of them because, again, swimming in offers, but like, um, networks, just go ahead and uh, DM us and be like, hey, pod network it will be like um <laughs> i don't We've know what i'm doing we earned this yeah i'm gonna stop talking i'm actually very <laughs> tired that coffee that i drank actually did the opposite for me so i feel like i'm an absolute garbage dud in this episode but oh, it's fine no. I think it's this is my great. birthday we love it it's actually not my birthday my birthday is a week from monday so again um, I don't know. Do whatever you want. Just say happy birthday to me. Or don't. I don't care. I really don't. Whatever don't you do, remember to stay cute. And stay critical. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>